You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I want to say thank you for joining us today on our maiden voyage. I'm here with the wonderful Gina Militia photographer extraordinaire and my BFF so that's pretty fun that we're doing a podcast together. Gina how are you today? I'm awesome Val. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty thrilled that we've decided to to do this podcast together because both you and I I have an interest, if not, well, I, I, you have more than a passing interest. I have an interest <laughs> in photography, but you've made it your career. And yes. um, I know that over the years, I have asked you many, many questions about uh-huh. cameras, about <laughs> focal length, about taking shots. And uh, so it's pretty lucky that I have a friend who's a photographer and I can call on you for those yeah. things. But um, just so to, get, to give you guys an idea of um, who we are and why we're doing this podcast, Gina is, um, I met Gina 21 years ago. Can you believe that, Gina? I know. I I can't believe it. But yeah, that's that's, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, a long time ago when we were both um, on a job for a a magazine in Australia and we had to shoot a celebrity, uh, one of the actors on a television show in Australia. That was our very first gig together. Yes. And um, that was way back at the start of my career as a journalist because I am an author, an interviewer and journalist. And... uh, and and it was the start of near the start of Gina's career as a photographer, yep. and she has since gone on to become Australia's leading photographer photographers in celebrity shoots, advertising, lifestyle, fashion, and travel. And she's worked all over the world. I'm very jealous of Gina. <laughs> where where was the last place you were at, Gina, for sh- when you were shooting? Paris. Oh, it's hard Paris life. About a month ago. Hard life. Yes. And when she's not in Paris, she's in New York or she's in Italy or she's in Bali. And uh, I'm, I'm always looking at her Instagram feed or her Facebook page and thinking, uh, yes, and I'm in my office. But anyway. <laughs> but one of the things that we've done over the years, because I have been the journalist in magazines and we've worked together on shoots where Gina has been the photographer, um, it's been great fun because not only have we been able to work together, we've had many opportunities for some pretty exciting um, you know, jobs together as well, ranging from trekking through the wilds of the of Kakadu which yeah. for you know international listeners is way way into the outback of Australia where there are crocodiles and uh, and, and the like um, but also photographing and interviewing rock stars supermodels uh, Gina's also for photographed royalty billionaires politicians you name it so I mean she's done goodness me it's like a who's who I can't even reel them <laughs> off Gina I mean we, uh, We've shot quite a few people together, but what are, who are some of the recent people you've been shooting? 
Oh, my God. Uh, um, the Dalai Lama, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Liza Minnelli, the Black Eyed Peas. I mean, yeah. And I, I... Lots and lots and lots. Ricky Martin. <laughs> okay. And I heard that you also shot Justin Bieber. Yes, and we got to hang out backstage with him and his grandparents. Are you a believer? No. <laughs> he was a nice guy, though. He's a good guy. He's probably younger than your son. A bit, um. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Is it, what would he be now? He's about, is he about 19? Yeah, probably 20 or something like that. I'm not sure. Oh, well, but... maybe they're about the same age. My son's 20. We, I was pregnant with my son when I met you, Val. I know, crazy. Mm. We, we did a shoot when you were eight months pregnant. I was eight pregnant. months pregnant, yes. So Gina's also shot um, for a lot of advertising campaigns and not a month goes by when I'm not at the newsstand and and I'm looking at the magazines and I can go, I know Gina shot that, I know Gina shot that. Or I'm driving down the highway and there's a billboard you know, uh, uh, that, that, that's advertising something that Gina has shot and often it's a, a, it's a film or a movie or a television show. So that's pretty exciting. And, but I've kind of gotten used to it now, which is good. <laughs> but, you know, and I do try and get some behind-the-scenes goss from her as well. But, Gina, you have in recent years also turned your hand to writing uh, some best-selling books. Is that right? I have, yes. I've been uh, writing for the Digital Photography School and I've uh, just finished my fourth book um, this year. So, yeah, all about portrait photography. So everything I know about shooting portraits. And it's kind of come full circle because I used to be the one, well, I still am, I'm the writer and Gina was the photographer. Yep. But yep. in recent years, Gina's actually become the writer as well. And, I know, and, and, and you're going to become a photographer now, Val. Well, you know, I've always had, <laughs> I've always been an enthusiast, but I don't I think I will ever become a pro photographer like you at all. It's something that I just enjoy doing on my own. You know, I, I, I've had an interest in photography from a long time ago. I've done lots of photography courses. I've done lots of dark room work I've done all of that kind of stuff but you know it's not something that I necessarily want to do and get paid for because I'm happy with my main gig Uh, but yeah it's really fun and I suppose it's made more fun for me because I can ask you all these questions So if you're wondering, uh, my name is Valerie Koo and the reason we're doing this podcast together is because, well, Gina and I just wanted to hang out together as if we don't do that enough already. But so you have a bit of an idea. Gina is obviously the pro photographer, as I've mentioned, but my skill is as an interviewer. So what I what we hope to do in this podcast and in the upcoming episodes as well is to tease out all the wonderful information and knowledge experience and insights that Gina has so that we can ensure that we answer all of your questions. We certainly would love the opportunity for you to send us your questions if there's something you want Gina to answer. Um, But uh, we'd love to be able to make sure that the podcast series goes through all of the things that you need to know in order to be a photographer. Now, Gina's passionate about this, obviously, because she is a photographer and she mentors a lot of people. And you get hundreds of questions, don't you, Gina? I do, all the time. And so I thought this would be a great way to address them all sort of at once and then maybe uh, help as many people uh, as we can, you know, using this podcast. And, And what's also great, Val, is I've got you on board and we can actually 
actually pick your brain as well because you've been one of my great mentors over the years and I've learned so much about uh, business and social media and just like whenever I've got any of those sorts of questions and even writing, I, I come to you and ask. So you've been a big help. So it'll be awesome to be able to pick your brain and, and show the other side of photography and the client perspective for all the photographers because we don't always get that and I think that'll be great for I everyone. guess. Yeah, I guess that's a good point because mm. even though I'm not a pro photographer, I have commissioned many photographers throughout my, you know, couple of decades in the magazine industry. Yep. And once upon a time, I was the picture editor dealing with many, many photographers. I don't know yeah. if you know that actually, Gina. Um, I, at one point, I had to fill in as the picture editor for about a year or six months um, in that role because the picture editor had left and oh my god I got to know every agency there ever was every yeah. photographer that existed at the time and my desk was just at the time piles and piles and piles of transparencies and slides yeah. and and you know prints and it was it was actually quite stressful but anyway, great uh, knowledge though to have, great knowledge for you to share with us because it's like, you know, you've got your eye in and uh, you actually know what picture editors are looking for. So we're going to uh, call on that information down the track in one of the future bl bl uh, posts. So that'd be great. So um, one of the reasons we thought that we would do this podcast, and again, the the, the whole purpose is to share as much learning as possible and to do it in a structured way is because I also have another podcast called, unsurprisingly, So You Want to Be a Writer. And What's it, that about, Belle? <laughs> yeah. So, and it's gone really well and it's been really helpful to people. So we hope that this also does the same for photography. And um, I'm really passionate about creative entrepreneurs. So uh, while Gina mentors and runs a workshop for a lot of people who are interested in the art and craft of photography, I mentor mainly creative entrepreneurs on how they can take their creative passions and turn them into profit, basically. So it's, mm. we hope you think it's a good mix. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that, let's get to know the woman of the hour because even though Gina does flatter me to say that I have a lot to contribute, the reality is that the information about the photography itself will come from Gina. So give us some background so that listeners can get an idea of when and why you decided to become a photographer. Well, I've been an artist all my life, Val, and um, I was that, that uh, kid in high school who uh, always did art and uh, I was always uh, working with uh, painting and playing with clay and everything like that. And um, uh, nobody actually uh, advised me that you could do this as a career to be an artist. So I wasn't <laughs> really sure what to do when I finished school and I, I really wanted to continue with the art. So I thought just to play it safe at the time I decided to do uh, a teaching degree so hmm. I could teach art and, and then I'd let, at least I'd uh, you know still be able to keep doing the art and have a job as backup. Um, so when I got to uni, the disappointing thing was, because I, I was doing a, a major in, in ceramics, the lecturers didn't really give me any direction or encouragement. Why were you interested in ceramics? Because that's what I did all my life. I was like, I loved working with clay. Did you watch Ghost? Yeah, I had a wheel. I had a wheel from when I was 14. Because you wanted to be Demi Moore? No. <laughs> Um, I've never had that experience. 
<laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I've been doing that forever, and I thought that that I could continue with that and maybe make a career of it. But like, I don't think the um, you know the, the lecturers really shared my vision at all. And then the other thing was that the the the, the other students weren't really my people, Val. They they were a lot like um, dreadlocks and tie dye. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with dreadlocks and tie dye with that at all. But I'm there in my big hair and denim, like you know Madonna in the late '80s. <laughs> you know when she did like a virgin. Yes, that was me. I had blonde hair. Oh I had hair God. so big that like you know. When you'd go to the nightclubs and you'd be dancing all night, the worst thing your girlfriend could say to you is, you got flat hair back then. <laughs> that was like the biggest. <laughs> Sorry, I've gone on on a tangent. So Let's um, pull you back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to, I needed to find my people. I was quite depressed that, like, you know, you need to get that encouragement when you're trying to do something. And then I started mm-hmm. noticing the photography students up on the fourth floor and they're kind of cool and, and <laughs> they look more like my people. So... I decided to drop ceramics and I took up uh, photography as a major and I thought, well... So there case- you have it, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. a career decision based on the yeah. fact that the other people looked cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was as shallow as that, my decision. But it's like it wasn't a career decision. I didn't think I was going to be a photographer at that stage. I thought I'll do it as a major. That will get me my degree and then, you know... Out of this, I'll probably get that skill that when I travel, I'll know how to take decent travel photos. That's all I was thinking. Um, During that year, we all got sent out to do professional experience. We had to do an eight-week stint, and I got sent to work with a celebrity and fashion photographer. And this guy, his name was Andy Tavares, had been photographing the likes of Kylie Minogue. And he'd also just done, like, a very young Nicole Kidman's, like, latest headshots. Wow. From when she did um, BMX Bandits. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember then? Yeah, I remember. (laughs) And, like, the first day that I turned up to work, uh, I'd never forget that moment. It's like I step into this cool New York loft-style studio and there's a model on set and she's lit beautifully. She looked amazing. It was everything about that whole scene and that's when the light bulb went off for me and I went, oh, my God, no one's told me about this. This is amazing. This is what I want to do. I was like, I was hooked. Did you know um, then you wanted to shoot celebrities or or be a photographer? I just knew that I wanted to be in this environment for okay. the rest of my life. I just knew. The problem was, there was like one small problem, I sucked as an assistant. Hmm. Because the course I was doing was a teaching course. So what they were teaching us was how to teach photography, not to mm-hmm. how to be photographers. <laughs> so we got like an hour of tu- tuition on studio, like an hour. It's basically plug the lights in there and that's, you know, hope for the best. The one thing the course had going for it was the fact that uh, the, the lecturer there was a fine art photographer. He taught us how to develop and print film to fine art standards, like gallery sort of quality. Mm. And so I was... We were all good at that. But when it came to assisting, I had no clue. So, like, the first test was when, you know, the photographer turns around, he gives me those one of those reflector boards and he's like, can you fold this up for me? And I'm like, um, can you show me? He showed me twice. He was really patient. And I sort of, have you tried it? Can you do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy though, is it? It's no, like not, not on your first go, yeah. Flip one hand one way, one hand the other way. And so I had a couple of goes and I couldn't do it, so I forced it. I snapped it. I snapped it. And I gave it back to him as this, like, floppy oh. little disc. It was quite pathetic. And 
And then he's like, well, do you know how to load film for a medium format camera? No clue how to load film. No clue how to use a light meter, how to plug in lights. I was scared. I was actually scared of the flashes because of all the floor packs. And oh. I was scared of electrocuting myself, so I couldn't go near that. So he realised really quickly that, like, oh, geez, I've got a dud here. So what he would do was when he would go on location, he'd actually hire another assistant and he would leave me at the oh. studio, which is a bit sad and embarrassing oh. for me. And so I've got nothing to do in the studio. So I've been brought up a good Sicilian girl, Val. Yes. And my parents taught me that when you've got nothing to do, clean. So that's what I did for the whole eight weeks. I cleaned. I polished mirrors. I vacuumed rugs. I scrubbed the toilet. You know, it was but it was like scungy when it started. When I finished, it was bright white, smelled of bleach, the way my mum taught me. <laughs> and I cleaned the coffee machine. The place was immaculate. And the other thing I did for him was like because I'd been taught how to process film and print, he would let me process his films and print because he, he realised that, that that was a skill that I had. And so at the end of the eight weeks, I was ready to leave and hopefully get a pass on my work experience. Mm-hmm. He took me aside and he actually said, I noticed what you did. And, um, you know, no other assistant has ever done that, used their initiative like that. And, you know, I really love how you look after my studio. I really love how you process and proof my films. I'd like to offer you a full-time job. Wow. Yeah, so I got a break as an assistant because I scrubbed the toilet. Okay. (laughs) Now, we're not suggesting that you need to scrub the toilet, listeners, if you want to get a break in the industry because I think uh, Gina might be able to provide some other suggestions in upcoming episodes (laughs) on how you can get a break. Yeah. So, okay, you got a full-time job with him, which is great. Yep. And he was mainly doing fashion and actors and that sort of thing. Yes. So when you started doing your own gigs, um, not as an assistant, what Mm. kind of shoots were you doing? Were you also doing a similar thing or other kinds of shoots? Well, I actually started like the first shoot that I did was uh, doing a model's portfolio. Mm. And I sort of uh, then started doing more models and then I started doing, you know, actors' folios as well. And But then when I was starting out, I had to do everything. I took any job I would get. So I actually even shot food, products. I did everything. So, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And it wasn't for till a few years in that I realised that I really loved photographing people. I, I thought I was heading down the fashion road, mm. but then when I started photographing editorial and celebrities, it's then that I knew it's this. This is what I love the most. Why? And it's because. I had the opportunity to create the, the shot from scratch and from the start and have my input and put the personality into the photo. I just felt that when I was doing fashion, I couldn't do that for some reason because it was fashion for me wasn't connecting. You couldn't, I couldn't connect with the model because like generally they had no expression mm. in fashion, whereas celebrity photos had all that personality in them and I could really create something so that they, it that's what I love to do and that's why I started, became a, a, a celebrity. I don't really understand what you mean by um, uh, that you 
with the celebrity shots, you could create the shot from scratch. What do you mean by that? Well, so if you have a look on the website now, you see a lot of the, the, the concept, the, the, the photos that, it, it, like, I'll sit down with the publicist or the agent and we'll come up with all the concepts for the shot. And, right. you know, think, think up the location, what they're wearing, what the mood's going to be, the whole yeah. vibe, and it's created from, from nothing. Yeah. That's what I love. And I love that in the Australian industry we can do that with, you know, a couple of bits of gaffer tape and, and um, you know, it's... <laughs> and an elastic band truly <laughs> some of the sets that you see you think oh my god that is so opulent but then you go around the back and you have a look at how it's all put together and it's literally just held together with love spit and um gaffer tape <laughs> so do check it out gina's website is ginamilitia.com that's g-i-n-a m-i-l-i-c-i-a.com and that's yeah. also where we'll put the show notes uh for this podcast but okay, so th- this was, you know, you started photography 25 years ago. I yep. met you 21 years ago. This is a long yep. time ago. Makes I know. It sound old. Last century. <laughs> yeah, last century. With nanotails and- now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot, a lot has changed in the last couple of decades in terms of photography. I know that now the photographers I commission, I do it with a very different eye and a different, and not only for, uh, you know, the final shot, but a very different eye for their skills and personality than than I used to. Yep. So can you tell us what would you say have been the main things that have changed and how that impacts photographers these days compared to when you first started out? Well, I think that, like there's never been a more exciting time to be coming into photography as now. This is like all the changes I think are really positive for photographers. And so um, I think the, there's three main changes that I've noticed over the years. And I think firstly, uh, the introduction of digital f- cameras. Of course, yes. Uh, and I think that that's like really opened photography up to far more people because it's like suddenly um, – the cameras are better and they're cheaper and mm-hmm. easier to use. So the technology has gotten that much better that, uh, and it's so much easier to use the cameras that like, a lot more like uh, artists who were previously a bit intimidated by the whole world of photography, I know that I've got, I've got a number of friends that have told me stories about how like they had gone in and enrolled in, in photography courses back in the day mm. and because of the whole technical side of photography, they could not get their head around it. I was one of those people as well, by the way, mm. couldn't get their head around the, photogra- the technical side of it and they dropped out. Mm. They dropped out and they, they never did the photography again because they couldn't understand all the science behind it and it wasn't taught to them correctly and it was too intimidating and so they didn't do it. So the world missed out on all these amazing artists because of that. Right. But now, luckily, all these people now can – and you, you can see it happening. You see all these amazing people out there taking great shots because of that, the, the introduction of the better cameras. But I bet you there's some purists out there who would say that you're not a proper photographer and, unless you understand the science behind it. What do you say to that? I disagree. I think it's about the art. I mean, yes, look, images should be – uh, correctly exposed, but like, give me an. I would take an image that's got heart and soul in it and mm. art over a one that. And I, 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 I used to share a studio with a photographer, a great guy, top bloke. All his photos were absolutely spot on. You could never fault them technically. Mm. 
they were boring. Yeah, true. There was, you know, the, and that spark, that the 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 way that people an artist sees, mm. it, that's what you want, and you want a reaction when you look at a photo. Yeah. So I th- and I think the rest can be learned if it's taught properly. It's easily learned. You know, yeah. it's just the way that it's taught sometimes makes it. Like I remember sitting in lectures, learnt trying to learn photography, and they may as well have been speaking Martian for all. I, I couldn't understand a word of it. Yeah, I, I was shooting with a photographer not that long ago and we had lots on our shot list and um, he came recommended because that he was technically brilliant. I could tell, you know, from the final shots as well that he was technically brilliant in terms of his lighting, in terms of, you know, his exposure, in terms of all of his technical choices. But I think you hit the nail on the head. He lacked that heart and soul. I just looked at the photos and I went, they're, they're really in focus and they're really well lit. Yeah. But but I just could, it was so hard to pick uh, one that would actually work because essentially he kind of just kept the shutter going while people moved around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's a shame. And yeah, it's that extra bit of life, and that's you know so so fortunately, and that's really exciting that, that you know nowadays all these other people now can can put their stamp on the photography world, and you know I love that. So what else has changed? So secondly, I think the introduction of the internet. You know, that's <laughs> well, you know, this little thing called the internet that yeah. Kim Kardashian broke apparently, but uh, <laughs> it's still working. Um, it's that's changed everything for photography. So I think for that, there's more opportunities than ever before for a photographer because suddenly there's all this content that needs to be created. So, and um, I was just, uh, I just heard the other day that, you know, when someone looks at a photo, they retain 65% of that information. But when they look at like words, it's like much lower. It's like 20% or 10% or something. So, so marketers are now realizing how important images are Mm. to selling their brand and suddenly there's all these extra opportunities out there and everyone is putting content out there on the internet. Everyone has a profile picture now, you mm. know. Everyone's grandma is online. Everyone's online. It, you know, it, back in the day, you got a headshot if you were an accountant, an actor uh, or a model, really, mm. or a, or, a, or a rock star. That, that's who, they're the people who got you. And you got your photo taken if you went, you know, you needed a new passport shot. That was pretty much it. Nowadays, everyone needs to have a social profile and not just one, but lots. It's so true, actually, in terms of the, the need for content because I suppose when you think about it in the past, if you were a brand, whether you're Coca-Cola or a shampoo or a, you know, whatever, some, a widget, uh, yeah. you, you needed photography, but you probably needed photography for your ads. Yep. Um, you needed some corporate shots and mm. you needed some product photography. But mm. now you need not only all of that, but every day, sometimes three times a day, you need a Facebook post. You exactly. Need, you know, yeah. all of Instagram pics. So it's, it has exploded. You're right. Social content constantly, you know. And now all of a sudden with the internet, whereas before, if you were a photographer starting out like last century, even like 15 years ago, if you wanted the, to people to know about you, you'd have to like door knock or put an ad in a magazine maybe or an ad in the yellow pages. Now suddenly photographers can actually showcase their stuff to the entire world mm. really easily and so you can just get yourself out there so much easier than you could like 
when I was starting out or even like, you know, just a few years back. It's That's all changed. That's really exciting. It's also a lot easier to learn about photography, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's my third point is there's uh, so much more information available to uh, photographers nowadays. It's like back in the day, it would be that the master photographer would perhaps hand down the information to the apprentice or the assistant and photographers kept all their information really secret and no one really shared any information nowadays. It's all out there. Photographers are blogging. They're showing behind the scenes. They're showing what lights they're using. They're talking about their lenses, their cameras, everything. There's videos. There's courses. There's blogs. All out there. Mm. Lots of free resources as well. Podcasts, websites, everything. There's so much more than before. I remember when I first started doing courses, you know, way back then, and um, I was poring over the newspapers to find the right photography courses there. I couldn't just look it up on the internet and get an no. online course or anything like that. Um, yeah, very exciting. So for a photographer just starting out then, what do you think the first steps are that for people to do if they're serious about photography? Well, if I was just starting out, I think uh, the first thing I would do is learn the craft. Mm. Well, no, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, well, yeah. No, but people will just jump, buy the camera and jump in and just like, okay, I know. I'm like, what do I do? Where Put it I'm on auto. Yeah, <laughs> and just go for it. But like, really learn the craft. Learn the, you know, know your camera inside out and backwards. And it's like, I would go out and find like online courses or uh, blogs or podcasts or whatever it is, whatever works for you, for you to learn how to use that camera, mm-hmm. you know, and know it and know Properly. it well. It, exactly, mm. yes. Um, secondly, find a mentor, you know, and, and a mentor can be someone who's had a successful career, whose work you admire and, and loves what they do, or it can be it, like someone who's been going for 30 years, or it can be someone who's just bought the same camera that you have and might be six months ahead of you. Yeah. But they've been down that track before, right? And they can help you get from A to B a little bit quicker and save you, uh, you know, making mistakes or doing extra work. They can just say, hey, how about this way, I did it this way and try this, you know. Mm. And I think if you look at anyone who's successful in their career, they've all had men. Have you have you had mentors or coaches or anything like that? I've had coaches from time mm. to time when I felt I needed a bit of extra guidance. Um, yep. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think so. I think one of the points that you make is you don't necessarily need to ring up Annie Leibovitz and say, hey, no. Annie, can be you cool. mentor me? <laughs> yeah, I'd love cool. to. I, so no, but, I don't because I've I had a strategy to ring her or to and my friend was going just write to her and see if you can go hang out with her I never did I was too scared okay well I'm sure you can ring her up now so the thing is that (laughs) the thing is that if people think that you know I'm not going to do that because that's intimidating but it's more like as you say you can just get somebody who's just ahead of you and I think the term is um, they're a leading learner so they're yes. only just that little bit ahead yeah. and you can still get a lot out of that as well. And they uh, learn more when they teach you as well. Exactly. And so, you know, and that just uh, helps 
you learn everything a lot quicker. And I, I've had some great mentors in my time and they've really sped up the process and then opened my eyes to like new ways of doing things because it's like you stay and you're set in your ways and you just keep doing the same thing. If there's not someone leading you, you're never going to know about all the other cool stuff that you could be doing. Okay, so learn the craft, find a mentor. Yep. And then uh, finally, shoot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and people underestimate the power of this and it's it's like you know if you're going to learn to play the guitar you've got to practice every day if you the piano same thing playing tennis golf practice every day but you would be amazed at how much for your photography improves if you even just dedicated like half an hour a day in a month you you'd, you'd see the difference mm. huge difference but you've got to be consistent and do it every day like even if you photograph the same thing every day you would still get really good results mm. So I was browsing around the internet today and I came across a couple of links which I thought were interesting and that we'd talk about. But I, I get a feed about interesting, you know, um, links on photography. And lo and behold, no, I was looking through my feed and up popped one of your blog posts. Oh, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> that uh, you've written for Digital Photography School. And... Um, I'm just, I was more astounded. I mean, it's a great post uh, and we'll put the link in the show notes. It's called My Biggest Photography Failures and What I Learned and, uh -huh. you know, written in Gina's inimitable style. <laughs> uh, so it's a great post. However, I was more <laughs> agog at the number of times it had been shared. Now, it's insane. Oh, How many it's... shares has it had? It's had like five, oh, at, at this point, 5,200 shares, it's only been online for 12 hours or something. Is that right? <laughs> they go off on the digital photography school. Some of them have got like up to 20,000 shares. Or oh like they can get up to like 20,000 shares in it's like a Kim couple of... not Kim Kardashian breaking the internet. A couple of days, you know, if you, you touch on the right subject that hits a chord. So, yeah, that it's, it, it's awesome. It's very exciting when that happens. So then... I spend a lot of time answering um, emails and messages and, and things like that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to do that. And uh, it's a great community at, at the Digital Photography School for, for all that sort of stuff. But Gina also blogs at, on her own website, ginamilitia.com, don't you? Yep. Yes, I do. Yes. So the uh, other uh, link that I came across was um, – a link uh, on Board Panda, <laughs> which uh, featured 18 of the best entries to the 2015 Sony World Photography Awards. Now, I love going to, um, you know, when they have retrospectives or when they have things at art galleries, which are the Walkley Award winners or, you know, pho um, photographic awards, and you can see the best of the best. And I, yeah. I, I loved this your compilation. Um, and we'll put the link in the show notes as well. But there's everything from um, an, a little, a cute little orangutan uh, getting a banana leaf to shield himself from the rain, to a dog fight in the um, in the air, you know, with planes, mm. to uh, some polar bears catching. Well, they're not polar bears. I think they're, they're regular bears um, catching fish to a flock of penguins, to a whole range of different things. Did you have a, a favourite or anything like that out of these? And I'm just scrolling down now, Val, and they're just absolutely stunning, mm. all these images, and they're, I'm giving uh, 
itchy feet. I want to go and try. I have to get to New Zealand. I have to go. Is that, okay. that, that, that Desert Dawn's done in New Zealand? He's a New Zealand photographer. Right. I have to check it out. That looks amazing. Oh, my God. Um, I didn't think New Zealand had deserts. Yeah, well, so where is that? Because it doesn't know. say where it is. But the I photographer's know, from New Zealand. I, yeah, yeah. I want to know where that is because mm. I want to go there because that looks like that looks like sci-fi sort of stuff. You, you've got to check yeah, it out. It looks like shots. It does, doesn't it? Mm. It's beautiful. I think my favourite would have to be the Holy, which was done um, – so it's an image called Holy yes. and it's by a photographer from France uh, called Yulia Tvesova. I don't uh, think I've done that very well. No, probably what's, not. What's it of? Um, Hindu devotees throwing vivid colour at each other to celebrate the start of the spring during Lathma Holy Festival. Okay, we're not so good on a pronunciation No, no, here, sorry. So we're not going to – we're not going to bother reading captions. My favourite would definitely be the cute little gorilla holding the banana leaf, shielding himself from the rain, or I the know. picture of a little girl with a cat because um, – yeah, listeners may learn to uh, may may come to learn that I am quite a fan of my cats. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> moving very on. Very cool, very cool shots. Another. Have you have you ever entered a photo f- photography comp? Never. No. Never Just, ever. Yeah, um, it's a good way, I guess, to get on the radar of people. These it is particularly it with is. the internet, it gets easily shared. Another link I came across was well, I'll take you to New Zealand now, Gina. Oh. Um, and uh, if you go to the link that I've sent you on behind the scenes of a New Zealand time lapse. So I must admit that I don't do time lapse, but I know I know that you do from time to time. When and why do you do time lapse? I love doing time lapse when I travel, Val, and it's just to uh, entertain myself. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes if I'm, uh, you know, on a long shoot and it's like I know I'm going to be in one spot for a little while, I might set – or if I've got a great view, I might set the camera up on the balcony and just do like an eight-hour time lapse. Like I did one in, in Hawaii when I was there recently and just off the balcony and I did it over the course of the day. Because I could see all the people on the on on the the beach sunbaking, and then mm. people in the water and the boats, and then the sun setting. So it, they, they just look really cool. And I've done I've done them in um, in Sicily as well. And there's my famous. I've really got to uh, upload the video. I've done one. My Nutella time lapses. Have you seen those? Oh yes. Yeah. So when Gina says that she does time lapse to entertain herself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once she came back overseas and very proudly showed yeah. me the time lapse that she did, and I thought it was going to be, you know, of the Swiss Alps and yeah. or a sunset over the Ponte Vecchio or something like yeah. that. But no, it was of a jar of Nutella. Yeah. Two. I've been loving you too long. Was she, the soundtrack? She set it to music as well. So. I loved it, and I did another one at home once, and uh, I remember my my daughter coming home from work and and I was completing it was like late at night she's like mum how long have you been working on this for what's wrong with you <laughs> what was it off it was Nutella Nutella again yeah oh my god you're weird I know so just so to put this in context Gina loves Nutella as you may have guessed by now but I she doesn't Nutella. just put the Nutella on the kitchen table she actually puts the Nutella so that there's a dramatic backdrop of you know Lake Como or something Beautiful locations around the world, and so I want to make like ideally this whole compilation of Nutella sh- <laughs> shot in the best locations in the world. 
That's my dream, Val. You're a freak. Yes, a little bit. I'm a little bit odd in that way. And then you get to eat, like you carry around the jumbo. You can't travel home with it. Oh, my God. So you have to eat it straight out of the jar, uncut. That's the way it should be. This is like the garden gnomes in Emily. Sorry? This is like the garden gnomes in Emily, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) what were you going to say? We should what? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I'm now I'm now obsessed with getting up and going and getting Nutella. Oh no. I can't think straight anymore. Okay, stay with us for a bit more. Yeah, oh, so okay. the other thing, um uh Gina, you mentioned that you um have become a recent fan of Canva. Yes, it's really cool actually because yeah, it's such an easy way to upload your images if you want to share them on social media, but it's like what I love to do is I love to collect quotes. And this is a really great way to um add quotes to to your images. So you showcase your photography and then, you know, add an inspiring quote to them or just put some text if you want to share content on social media because a lot of stuff now on social media just like flies by. People, people, are, I don't think people are noticing text anymore on social media, are they, Val? Not as much. Not as much. So if you've got the ability to add content, I guess as photographers we do, then to add text, I think Canva's really cool, a really cool little um, piece of uh, software. So I really it's, like enjoy having, it. it's like having Photoshop on the cloud and so you, yeah. know, you don't need Photoshop these days. You can just no. upload your picture to Canva. That's yep. C-A-N-V-A.com yep. And you can um, use the you know online tools to place text over your photos, you know, and adjust it to where you where you want it to go. Yeah, um, it's a pretty it's it, it has pretty much exploded in terms of the number of users using Canva these days. Yeah, and um, as a point of trivia, randomly the founder Melanie Perkins, uh, I met her about eighteen months ago when she came to the Australian Writer Centre for a blogging course and she, wow. and, and this, and she lived, did a little demo of her new product that she was thinking of launching it hadn't even been made public yet really? she thought it would be useful to the people in the room to make little um, squares for their blogs oh my god so she just saw a need invented something mm. and now it's like the biggest thing on on the internet right mm. it's like it's blowing up it's, it's a very cool idea and it's uh yeah it's it's free and you can download the images and you don't need to link them back to to Canva, which a lot of websites do. So I really like that. And then it's got the other option that you can uh, either use their free fonts or you can pay, I think, an extra dollar for extra photos if you want to download stock shots and uh, a special font too. So that's really reasonable. So another app that I um, that is similar to Canva that uh, I like is called Word Swag, and that's an app that's on your phone, right. and it does a similar thing with Canva. There's a little bit more flexibility, but the um, but the images and the and the text on Word Swag are, are just gorgeous, and they're already pre-programmed. So you know that when it gets laid out, it's going to have the right balance and it's going to have the right kind of look and feel uh, because you just click from different looks. So word swag, we'll put that in the um, show notes as well. Awesome. So let's move on to, in terms of um, your biggest mistakes that aspiring photographers make when they wanting to get into the industry, are there some things that they should avoid? Let's assume that they've done the things that you've said, you know, learn the craft, find a mentor, shoot 
heaps and heaps and heaps, what should they not do? Well, I think it's important when you're starting out to not just not try and rush into getting big gigs. Like you might feel like you're ready to do them, but you yeah. just you just aren't as experienced as you should be. So it's all well and good to have uh, be able to create amazing images, you know, in a studio or on location when you've got all day to do them, and you don't have any pressure like you know clients saying you've got five minutes to do the shot or an hour or they want it a certain way but once you get under that pressure if you're not experienced you're going to forget things you're going to make mistakes Mm. and the problem with that is it's a small industry and Mm. it's not very forgiving so I think it's best to try and work your way in slowly and don't try and jump in too fast in the deep end. Even if you do think you're good enough, I think it's 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 really important just to ease in and, and go to the next stage, you know, when you've got more experience under your belt. So, so try and just keep shooting at a level that you're comfortable with. So when you were breaking into the industry, what was your, you know, first kind of big break kind of thing? Well, when I was um, starting out, I had a night job to try and um, – because I wasn't making a lot of money. I wasn't making enough to pay the rent basically. So I took on a job in an Italian restaurant. I was cooking in an Italian restaurant five nights a week. No wonder yeah. you cook so well. <laughs> yeah, I got – that's where I t- <laughs> learned to how to cook. I actually uh, bluffed my way into that job too. Huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I got trained up and I made it up to second chef. Wow. Uh, working with a crazy Italian there. <laughs> and and so I'd actually – I'd start work at, at uh, 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock at night and I'd work through till midnight and it mm. meant that I had every day uh, free to try and build my – photography business and so for the most part I was shooting just models and actors and it was really hard to get a gig in the advertising industry which is where I wanted to work and I was showing my folio around and and trying to get that break and believe it or not my first break and this is why I say to to new photographers use the network that you know first because you never know when your first break is going to come. And so the, the, generally it comes from people who know you first. Absolutely. Right? And so I'm in this Italian restaurant and I'm mates with the waitress. She's got uh, – her husband is an art director and has his own advertising agency. Handy. Yeah. And and he's just like coming to the restaurant and he's like, Gina, are you a photographer? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you know how to photograph soft drink bottles? I'm like <laughs> – yeah, and I, di- I didn't. I didn't well. I lied. It's like, why don't you come in and I'll brief you tomorrow. I've got a job, a small job. Um, I'll give it to you. So, like, I turn up the next day and uh, he briefs me and he wants these five uh, lemonade bottles. The brand was Schweppes. Uh, all photo- Really simple shot, all photographed in a line, but it was going to be uh, point of sale advertising for these bottles and he's like okay so you know that when you photograph bottles they've all got to have the bubbles in the top didn't know but I just said yeah (laughs) of course I know that and he's like okay so why don't you take these away and it was like a Friday afternoon he said you know have the films back to me on Monday because we're still talking the film days he said no worries got this easy peasy (laughs) he's like so We'll pay you an hour for that because it was like a simple product shot, okay? Should have been an hour in out. So I get back to my studio, set it up, Mm -hmm. 
I reckon I did it about <laughs> 15 times. No. I didn't sleep on Saturday night. I mm. shot through. <gasps> I cu- couldn't get my lights to not show reflections on the bottles. Uh, and then I'm like behind the camera and then I'd have to run to the bottles and shake all six of them up and then put them down and then go back and shoot and then like one of them would have too many bottles so I had to learn the right amount and it's like okay so it's three shakes three shakes three shakes and then I'd get back and the sixth one had already gone flat you know so and it was all of that and I was shooting with polar you do a polaroid first to check your exposure and then you shooting we were shooting transparency film which is positive film taking it to the lab going no they're all terrible let's reshoot it reshooting it and then but you know what i got it by sunday night i think about 11 o'clock i managed to nail the shot took it to the lab first thing monday morning took it to the client he's like yeah great and it was like took you an hour i'm like yeah yeah mate easy an hour and so I actually picked up the client. I got a client and, um, yeah, went on and, and shot with him for a while. So, yeah, that was my um, that was my break. So moral mm. of the story is, you know, work in an Italian restaurant, scrub toilets, you'll make it as a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you decide to, um, in more recent years, uh, start writing books? Because... It's just something that I wanted to do. I've always like wanted to tell my story and share my story, and I always wanted to like like mentor people coming through. I've always got people asking me, "Well, how do you do this and how do you do that?" And so rather than doing you know lots of blogging and answering questions, I thought I'd, I'd do it all in one hit and create these books that 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 people could learn in the way that. Um, I could never find these sorts of lessons because I was like when I was in uni I could never understand what the lecturers were saying Mm. because the tech speak just bamboozled me and for the friends of mine who'd cried to me about how they missed out on a career in photography because they never understood it I wrote it for them that's who I had in mind when I was I was writing specifically for those people and I know that's who you have in mind for this podcast as yeah, well. Exactly. So, yeah, we're pretty excited to bring it to you. Um, thank you for listening for to our very first episode. In upcoming episodes, we intend to tackle various topics so that it's um, rolled out in a really in, in a structured fashion. But you know, as you can tell, Julia and I kind of hang crap on each other (laughs) because we know each other so well and we talk about all sorts of different things with photography but we're really passionate about making sure that um, you gain a lot of insight and uh, not only about the craft of photography but also about the business of photography in episodes to come so um, until next time you can find Gina at where? At Gina Militia G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. So that's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Gina Militia Photography on Facebook and, and also, GinaMilitia.com. Yeah. And if you'd like to tweet either of us, uh, yeah, you can also tweet me at Valerie Koo. That's K-H-O-O. Um, but we've loved chatting to you. If you have a question, email us, news at GinaMilitia.com. And we'd love to hear from you and answer it on the podcast. So until next time, we'll chat to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.